Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You're listening to KFI AM 640, the Bill Handel Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. February 16th, uh, Foodie Friday. And not only do we have Foodie Friday at 820 with Neil, who is now with us every day, but tomorrow on Neil's show, and that is the Fork Report, 2 to 5 p.m., uh, I am joining him. Uh, I will be there with him from Morongo, uh, where uh, he and I and four uh, listeners uh, with their guests are going to be at the marketplace eating, eating, and more eating. And so uh, it's going to be a lot of fun when we're there. Oh, yeah. A lot of great food. Yeah, that's important. And frankly, that's the reason uh, that I'm going. You notice I never join people uh, for their broadcasts ever. But Neil, when he says good food, lots of it free. Okay, I'm there. Yeah, I can't say enough about the Fabio Viviani marketplace there. It is like nothing you've had. Okay, really uh, I'm looking forward to it. Now, and it's 2 to 5, so you want to tune in because that'll be a lot of fun. Now, the name Alexei Navalny uh, should come back to you if you don't know it. He is the uh, guy, the uh, head of the opposition to uh, Vladimir Putin. And he has run in races against Putin's uh, <clears throat> uh, allies, mayor, for example, and other uh, races, and a surprisingly number of people. He never won, but a surprisingly number of people. He's been head of the opposition. Well, uh, Putin doesn't like opposition. Uh, people get killed when they're in opposition. They, uh, When you talk about some of um, reporters, for example, people in the press who have said uh, things uh, about Putin that are derogatory, they die. It's that simple. Car accidents, uh, unexplained deaths, and that happens on a regular basis, or did happen on a regular basis. Now it's not, not so much because people don't want to die. Uh, it is as a complete dictatorship in Russia. There's no issue about it, although he's still wildly popular. And there have been dictatorships uh, that people legitimately, uh, these guys would win if they weren't dictators. And so that is the case with Putin. So. Uh, they, uh, the, the, let's just say the under Putin, the, their administration, uh, when Navalny was out there and doing his anti-Putin thing, he was poisoned. He was poisoned and, uh, he was on an airplane when, uh, it, uh, happened and, uh, the pilot turned around and he was, uh, went to Germany where, uh, they, by the way, the authorities, uh, the medical people said, yeah, he was po uh, poisoned. Uh, that is a fact. He recovered, and he 
And boy, this is a guy who walks the walk, and not anymore because dead people can't walk. It's no longer dead man walking. It's dead man not walking. Anyway, he goes back to Russia to continue his opposition and is arrested instantly and is jailed, gets two and a half years and is jailed on a charge of opposing the Kremlin, which is a crime. Uh, sometimes counter, it's counter-revolutionary effectively, but it's opposing the Kremlin, which is now a crime, two and a half years, and then he is charged uh, with uh, financial crimes, tax evasion, other crimes, and gets 19 years. And so now uh, he's in prison basically for the rest of his life. He is 47, was 47, because he's not 47 anymore. He's kind of dead. And what ended up happening is he's then transferred to this penal colony in Siberia, uh, north of the Arctic Circle. And it's considered one of uh, the toughest penal colonies uh, that exist in Russia. And this is a guy, we're talking about financial crimes. Anyway, he has died in prison. And it's only a matter of time. I mean, uh, I'm surprised he lasted this long. And uh, we don't know why the authorities said uh, that... Uh, he felt, excuse me, he felt unwell after a walk and lost consciousness. A lot of people feel unwell when they're about to die. So, uh, you know, what do you take with that one? And that a medical team failed to resuscitate him and emergency doctors confirmed the death of the convict. Notice they're not even using his name. Putin refuses to recognize his name. It's just he has, the convict has died. And now it's disappeared. Will there be an autopsy? Who the hell knows? And it will be some illness that he got. And uh, he, the only surprise here is not that he has died, as I've said. It's the second he got off that airplane. And we're talking, uh, what, four years ago? The second he got off that airplane, uh, I knew, you knew, if you were following the story, that it was simply a matter of time before he died. And he did die. That was the first time uh, when he was poisoned that we heard of uh, the nerve agent Novichok. And he was on a flight from Siberia. And this was 2020. And the poisoning made global headlines. And uh, he somehow was rushed to a hospital, put on a ventilator, and then evacuated to Germany. And he said uh, that Russian security forces did the poisoning. The State Department said... Uh, Russian security forces did the poisoning. The European Union, the leaders of Europe uh, said, yeah, he was poisoned. Of course, the Russians absolutely denied it. And so um, last year, uh, lawyers and associates, by the way, uh, no one could get hold of him for the last year. I mean, you couldn't, uh, his lawyers, nobody could talk to him. No one knew and uh, last year, he did tell one of his lawyers that he feared uh, Russia may be slowly poisoning him in prison while he was talking to them because he had acute stomach pains, seizures, lost significant weight. Anyway, uh, another uh, opposition leader, uh, someone who is promoting democracy. You can't do that in Russia. You can't. Absolutely not. All right. Coming up, talking about Russia. Uh, interesting security breach that just happened and fear that fears that Russia is putting up a, a nuclear weapon up in space. And the bottom line, uh, uh, Kirby, who is uh, I think, is it Jonathan Kirby? Uh, I always forget first names. Uh, National Security Advisor said, hey, it's no big deal. 
and I'll tell you why. And then there's a whole backstory to this that I want to share with you, and that is rife with politics. You're listening to Bill Handel, on demand from KFI AM 640. And then uh, this week's World in Review, uh, the last segment of the show where I go and we revisit uh, all of the big stories that have happened around the world. And um, I get to tell you uh, how unimportant or important they are uh, because I enjoy doing this. What can I tell you? Okay, now uh, let us go to Russia. Actually, let us go uh, to House Intelligence Committee Chairman Mike Turner, who a couple of days ago uh, has a press conference and says there is an issue of national security uh, that uh, we have to talk about that the Biden administration is not dealing with. Okay. Uh, that was one day before uh, the administration had scheduled a meeting with the leaders of Congress, including Mike Turner. And he knew the next day there was going to be a classified briefing, and he went public with the story of Russia. And the story of Russia is uh, that Russia is uh, is deploying or plans to deploy a nuclear weapon in space. And everybody uh, immediately is thinking, oh, my God, nuclear bombs in space. And John Kirby, uh, they had to have a press conference uh, to straighten this out. And John Kirby said, uh, this is not active capability that has been deployed. Uh, these are plans to put a nuclear device up in space, not to attack anybody, not to uh, make Los Angeles a parking lot, for example. Uh, it is to be an anti-communications or an anti-satellite weapon to take out satellites. And uh, the administration says, uh, we are looking at it very carefully. And uh, Kirby said, there is no risk. No human beings are at risk. No property is at risk. Uh, let's put that one aside. So is there a risk? Uh, well, there's a risk to satellites. But, you know, that's not new. That's just another way of taking out satellites. Uh, the Chinese took out a satellite, one of their own, uh, with a kinetic weapon. Kinetic weapon means uh, simply the force of, in this case, a missile fired at a satellite one of their satellites that was dead. And uh, here it is, 17,000 miles per hour. That's the speed that any object that goes into orbit, that enters, uh, goes into Earth orbit, has to attain, 17,000 miles per hour. So uh, going the other way, a missile is shot. And keep in mind, it's already 17,000 miles per hour that uh, the, uh, the the satellite uh, that it has the missile, and now it shoots uh, at the satellite that it's going to destroy. So it's going to be higher than 17. It's going to be speedier than 17 miles per hour. Now the two collide at 34, 38,000 miles per hour. Uh, the satellite is vaporized. It's done, but it's not vaporized. You know what happens? It broke into thousands of pieces. And now we're talking about state, uh, space debris that has gone. That Well, let me give you an example of the danger of space debris. One space shuttle flight, a fleck of paint hit the windshield of uh, the shuttle. And it gouged out a piece of uh, the glass about half an inch deep. 
Now, uh, the glass itself is four inches or five inches, so uh, there was never any danger. But uh, there's always a fear that one, even the size of a pebble in space uh, can destroy a shuttle, a satellite. The space station can just do incredible damage. And there are, well, hundreds of thousands of pieces of debris. I don't know if you've ever seen a map. Uh, where uh, there is a, uh, a national uh, program that follows space debris uh, in uh, low orbit. And if you actually look at uh, the number of objects, uh, I don't even know how they follow them because the map just so shows a solid ring around Earth. There's so much debris. Now, in reality, of course, uh, if you look very closely, uh, there is space is big and there is a, a big difference and uh, they can track it and tell the shuttle move to the left, move to the right. But the bottom line is that uh, can you imagine a satellite that now with now is into a thousand pieces and China stopped that because there was a world outcry on that one. So let's go to the politics. Mike Turner turns around and says, uh, it's, uh, and he claims, I didn't say what it was. Well, he did scare the crap out of everybody because says it's national concern. And let me tell you how he turned around. So he has that meeting with the Biden administration, with other leaders uh, of uh, Congress, uh, the congressional leaders, because they have to be informed. Uh, that's just the way government works. And Turner, as head of uh, the Intelligence Committee, has to be part of that. It's considered part of leadership. And uh, they were they were told they went out. This was not going to be uh, released uh, and it should have been secret. And this is classified. And he goes public with it the day before. So he walks out of that meeting and completely changes his tune from uh, saying national concern and the Biden administration is doing nothing and a typical far hard right Republican who is chair of the committee comes out and says uh, the administration is dealing with this. Uh, the uh, top people in the administration have uh, they, they have their heads on straight. Uh, they are dealing with this appropriately. I mean, I've never heard of a right-wing politician ever saying that about the Biden administration because he was attacked from both sides of the aisle. Republicans and Democrats were looking at him going, what the hell are you doing? You had the briefing the next day and you went public with this. And today, uh, well, uh, I mean, the space race is no longer a space race because there are so many countries that uh, now are sending up satellites. And it, uh, we go back to 1957, Sputnik. Uh, that was uh, scared the hell out of Americans. And the space and it was all about delivering the atomic weapons, by the way. That's what it was. Because to get into space, you have to have a ballistic missile to move into space. When you launch an atomic weapon uh, aboard a missile, you have to go into space. And then you come down. And so if you have the capability of launching a ballistic missile, you have the capability of uh, not only going into space, but also launching a nuclear weapon. And that was the big fear. This was when oh, I remember as a kid, uh, drop drills. We dived under the desk, which now it's active shooter drills. Uh, earthquake drills, 
Well, in those days, it was uh, atomic bomb drills for real. I mean, that was the fear. And so the space race started. Uh, Russia was always ahead of the United States. And you know when the United States beat Russia? 1968, the moon landing. And that was it. And, of course, since then, satellites do everything. I mean, communications, uh, GPS, uh, television signals. Uh, handle on the law, for example, which is uh, a nationally syndicated show. Uh, and it goes to, I don't know how many hundreds uh, of uh, radio uh, stations, which, by the way, uh, everybody thinks, oh, my God, you're on 150 stations. What a big deal. Most of them, most of the towns that I'm in have fewer people in the town, much less listening than are here right now at KFI. So uh, that's no big deal. Believe me. Uh, but uh, where is the signal sent? Up on the satellite. Because everything is going on satellite. All right, guys, uh, we are done. And uh, coming up, ooh, L.A. County just got nailed to fix the problems of juvenile court and juvenile hall. And, man, do I have a story for you. And there really are two sides to this. And I'll explain that when we come back. You're listening to Bill Handel, on demand from KFI AM 640. Tomorrow is uh, Saturday, the Fork Report, from 2 to 5 p.m., Neil Saavedra. And he's broadcasting from uh, Morongo Casino. And uh, he'll be at the um, at Marketplace, uh, the food facility at the Marketplace. And uh, he, I'm joining him. I'm joining him during the broadcast, uh, not only because uh, uh, they uh, desperately need me to uh, be broadcast, to help people broadcast because I am so popular, uh, but it has nothing to do with I'm willing to do it because I get free food for three hours. Um, hey, what can I tell you? Um, eh, okay. By the way, that whole part about having me join Neil uh, was more my idea uh, than Neil's. Free food! I wasn't going to say anything. I know. I know. Listen, I I can't do any of this with a straight face. All right. Now let's get serious for a moment. Uh, if uh, this figure, uh, this uh, story, of course, you know about. Matter of fact, Steve Gregory broke this story. And that has to do with uh, the shutting down of a couple of juvenile hall facilities. Uh, for example, in this case, um, uh, what happened was uh, the L.A. County uh, was forced to shut down a couple of them. Los Padrinos Juvenile Hall in Downey and Barry Niedorf Juvenile Hall in Silmar because uh, they were deemed unsuitable. Now, uh, we've known about this. As a matter of fact, what happened is uh, the uh, major facility downtown was shut down because of scandals uh, because uh, there weren't enough officers, because of uh, not so much corruption, but lack of oversight, mismanagement, even to the point where there are eight uh, of these officers, juvenile hall officers that were arrested for encouraging a fight between two of the kids and standing around. I mean, that is a big no-no. So uh, what happened is uh, that uh, 300 of these uh, kids, young men, uh, because, uh, well, you can be 18 years old and the crime was committed when you were 16 years old or when they were 16 years old. And we have a very bad habit, particularly under George Gascone, to think that uh, teenagers under 18 or, or kids under 16, somehow when they take out entire kindergarten classes with a machete, uh, somehow can be rehabilitated and they're valuable as human beings. Okay, uh, let's go on with that. So, 
Here's what happened. Uh, The Board of State and Community Corrections, which can shut down facilities, can shut down prisons, has the power to inspect and shut them down, said uh, they voted. And they said to L.A. County, "Okay, you've got two months to either fix these issues or get everybody out of those two. You figure out where you're going to put them because you're not going to put them in those facilities. And the facilities are filthy. Uh, They're undermanned, as I said. Uh, I I haven't heard of financial corruption at all, but certainly almost every other uh, mismanagement and uh, every other wrong that can be done. So uh, county officials uh, arrived in Sacramento for this hearing. And by the way, uh, the uh, state board, this was unanimous. And they came to Sacramento to argue that uh, the department had made great strides since the last inspection. And at the vote, uh, they couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe it. Uh, The board chair said, I'm literally lost for words. What a chasm between what we're saying and what the uh, county is saying that runs these facilities. All nine board members voted saying that uh, these two facilities unsuitable to house young people and you have 60 days to straighten this out. And here is what the county said in a statement. Unfortunately, today's decision places the county in the position of continuing to conduct triage rather than to press forward with the reforms currently underway. Uh, We intend to use the 60-day regulatory window to take all necessary steps to meet the state's requirements. And uh, Steve Gregory is coming aboard at 8 o'clock, and I want to ask him about this because I said he broke the story. And now, nine months ago... State inspectors ordered all the youths out of the Central Juvenile Hall in Boyle Heights, uh, Boyle Heights and most of uh, the young people out of Niedorf after the county repeatedly failed to bring the halls into compliance. They just didn't do it. And so here's what happened. So last year, the decision to vacate uh, the two facilities left the county scrambling. Where are you going to put 300 people? So Los Padrinos was reopened. It was closed in 2019 because their dwindling population of youth offenders. Uh, I think uh, it's because George Gascon's office, and I don't know this for a fact, so this is just me who does, dislikes George Gascon, uh, is because of the policies. And so the department's staffing price, uh, crisis persisted at the new facility. Now, let me give you the county side of this. Deputy Probation Chief Kimberly Epps said more than 1,400 probation officers are on some form of protected leave. Either they're not working or on light duty out of 3,800. 40% of the staff is not showing up to work. And they're not getting any money to increase staff. And uh, and let me tell you who is one of the strongest unions out there. Uh, Officers that run the prisons and run the juvenile hall facilities, and you can't fight them. They are powerful, powerful, powerful. And so whenever a guard, for example, is fired, there is a whole series of steps that uh, the county has to go through to finally can them. And guess what? Uh, They're put in administrative leave. Paid administrative leave. 
and they can't be replaced. So that's their argument saying, and we're not getting the money to uh, fix things up. You're just squeezing us. And now you're saying we have to fix something that is in effect unfixable. Uh, we're trying and we're meeting all the standards that we can. Supervisor uh, Hilda Solis uh, blame the problem on long-term probation department leaders who have abused their authority, turned a blind eye, created a culture that enabled rank-and-file staff to operate with impunity. And so those are the two fights that are going on. So what do you do with that? Well, I don't know. I guess you do what uh, Greg Abbott of uh, Texas is doing. Throw him on a bus and move him to another state and say, here, you do deal with it. Uh, we're going to clean out our youth that are in juvenile hall facilities, which, of course, you can't do. That was another uh, political shot at uh, the governor of Texas. Okay, uh, we've got that. Now, uh, coming up, oh, this is a story. This has to do with the impeachment of Joe Biden and the impeachment inquiry and the Republicans saying we have the proof that Joe Biden got money when he was vice president and Hunter Biden and Joe Biden are up to their eyeballs in corruption. And I mean, criminal corruption. OK, let me tell you what happened. A uh, story just broke uh, yesterday. And uh, does it change things? No, not surprising. But it's um, for many people. It's a stunner. You're listening to Bill Handel on demand from KFI AM 640. Uh, Neil Saavedra, Mr. Fork reporter, joins us. And we've got a fair amount to talk about that. Uh, of course, Taco Bell news, because we always uh, do uh, Taco Bell news. Always. I don't think uh, there's a week that goes by where we don't talk about Taco Bell. Okay. Uh, I, I Here's what I want to talk about for a moment. A little bit of politics and kind of fun. Well, not kind of fun. To just show you how polarized we are in America. Uh, as you know, there is uh, a impeachment inquiry of President Biden. Now, uh, Mayorkas was, in fact, impeached a couple of days ago. Uh, the Homeland Secretary, tw 214 to 213 was the vote, by one vote. Why? Because he didn't follow the law at the border, even though... Uh, he follows the instructions of the president who tells him what to do. So let's go after the lieutenant, not the guy who orders the lieutenant to do something. All right. Fair enough. Well, not fair enough. OK, so now uh, that's one impeachment. Now that's going to go to trial, but it's not going to go to trial. It was just a political statement. Everybody knows about it. Now we have an inquiry of um, President Biden. And if you remember, uh, it. Uh, it has to do with the corruption and uh, Burisma, Ukrainian gas company. And it has to do with Hunter Biden and his dad while uh, Joe Biden was vice president. And the Republican argument is that it was completely corrupt that Hunter Biden arranged for his dad to get money. Five million dollars, by the way, to Joe Biden to help Burisma, because uh, we were uh, obviously in, involved with Ukraine and Burisma needed help or whatever argument they come up with. And what the Republicans uh, had as proof was uh, this trusted FBI informant 
That was it. They had basically one guy. Uh, how about the $5 million that went to Joe Biden? Well, we really don't have proof of that. Uh, how about uh, anything else? Well, we really don't have proof. But I'll tell you the proof we do have is we have this trusted informant who tells us that he heard on the telephone. He heard the discussion between Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Basically, Dad, you're going to get $5 million. Okay. So what just happened to uh, that FBI informant? Arrested and indicted for lying to the FBI. Straight out. Smirnoff story. Okay, uh, this guy Alexander Smirnoff. Uh, in uh, being in being a, an informant uh, against the president, uh, lied to the FBI. FBI, this quote was a, everything he said was a fabrication, an amalgam of otherwise unremarkable business meetings, contacts that had actually occurred at a later date than he claimed for the purposes of pitching Burisma on uh, Joe Biden's or on the um, uh, the defendants activities in other words uh it turned out that the quote trusted informant really uh got benefit of uh anything that was involved and it was completely crazy uh then house speaker kevin mccarthy said a trusted fbi informant has alleged a bribe to the biden family one of the congressmen i know his name doesn't come to mind who is part of the impeachment inquiry of joe biden said 40 million dollars went to the biden family 40 million dollars when asked for proof no proof was presented well we're going to come up with it and doesn't this remind you of the election deniers who had filed 63 cases in virtually every state, I think, I don't know, 30 states and in federal court to overturn the election. And every one of the judges said, just show us the proof. I mean, I'm willing to consider it. Just show the proof. Not a shred of evidence was ever, ever presented to the courts. Which is why uh, is every single case that was presented lost? Uh, yeah. No, there was one. There was one case in which um, the election denier said, we won the case. We went to the Supreme Court. And they did. And it had to do with the distance of uh, election watchers uh, were at the polls. The poll watching or the counting where the Republicans are saying the Democrats are too close. And uh, or too far or we're too far away. And the Supreme Court said, you're right. And set up uh, how far they have to go. That was the win. All the rest of it gone. And here you've got basically the entire case against Joe Biden for corruption. And the entire case falls apart, just falls apart. So uh, anybody on uh, the inquiry side, uh, has anybody said well, we don't have much of a case. No, they're saying we still have a case because we have plenty of other evidence. Uh, we have bank accounts. We have statements. We have conversations. And then uh, those people that are fighting the inquiry are saying, where's the proof? What you have is allegations. You haven't presented anything. The only thing, uh, the only thing that was presented was these lies by an informant. That's it. That's what you have.
By the way, they haven't refuted. They haven't. Uh, uh, they have not admitted that he is a liar. It was the FBI that said uh, he was a liar, and this was Special Counsel David Weiss who charged uh, the FBI informant. This was Special Counsel that was ma- named by the Department of Justice, and they came up with this. And what you're what are you going to hear? Well, you're not going to hear any refutation of that. Uh, are they still going to present him? Probably not. I can't imagine they're still going to present and say a trusted FBI informant. By the way, we now have his name, uh, Alexander Smirnov, as I said, because up to this point, he was anonymous. Uh, it's going to get crazy. Now, is Joe Biden going to be impeached? Of course not. Of course not. There's no proof at all. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And here is what I think. And I'm guessing now. Uh, it was 214 to 213 to uh, to impeach Mayorkas. I think Joe Biden is probably going to be impeached for corruption. All the Republicans right down the Republican lines are going to say yes. Unless you have a few, very few Republicans that will say, come on, guys, we need some kind of proof other than what you say. Hopefully, but I will tell you, when the impeachment vote comes up, the vast, vast majority of Republicans will vote for impeachment, notwithstanding any evidence. That's the politics now. Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know when she introduced the first impeachment uh, motion? Two minutes after Joe Biden was sworn in. That was the first one. All right, coming up, uh, Foodie Friday with Neil Saavedra. And we've got a lot to talk about, always do on a Friday. Uh, This is KFI AM 640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You've been listening to The Bill Handel Show. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. and anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.